Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Today at Ember. This is a weekly series uh, where we discuss topics on uh, blockchain, on DeFi. And uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, uh, Jason Dominic. I'm head of strategy. Unfortunately, today, Rob isn't with us. So we have uh, Eli, uh, which is our head of operations. Eli, how are you today? Hey, hey. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> again, another great week. Um, as you know, uh, Eli, we had the launch of our second pre-sales uh, this week on Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Another great week. Yeah, it's still going on. Uh, finally, I made my way into the podcast. Too bad there is no yeah. Rob here today with us, but I guess <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Every day, uh, every week is, is a big one. Yeah, definitely. So um, <clears throat> as you all know, uh, we had two uh, pre-sale stages before going into uh, secondary market. And uh, this week, uh, it, it was sort of the uh, the chance for uh, whoever wasn't able to get in our private pre-sale, which was whitelisted, uh, to you know grab as many embers as possible. Uh, and uh, it's been about what forty eight hours now. Yeah, since just uh, we hours. opened. Yeah, and short, I, guess. Uh, I think. I think we have a few uh, statistics, statistics so far, uh, Eli. Um, yeah, yeah, we have quite a few statistics. So um, as, you, as, as you probably all know, we've had quite a few wallets buying, buying into the pre-sale, into the both, both stages. So I guess the numbers for the public one are roughly 600 and for the private, more than 1,000, I guess 1,300. 1,200, something along those lines. So even we're not even launched yet, but we already have like 2,000 wallets. That's that's pretty yeah, crazy. That's is, pretty amazing. This is this is massive. I think that, you know, we always, again, you know, some people are going to be like, well, it hasn't gone, you know, as fast as the private pre-sale. But ultimately, like how fast went the private pre-sale that's just incredible that's just massive like like we were saying last week rob and i and i'm sure you agree with this uh eli is you know nobody expected it to be um you know most of our team we thought it would take maybe a few days i mean private pre-sale was meant to last six days yeah. so having it uh go completely um you know out in in just a few hours um, this, this is not the norm. This is definitely not the norm. And I think that right now, 48 hours in, uh, we've sold, if I'm not mistaken, a little over 25% of the tokens that were allocated. Uh, and, uh, this is, this is actually really, really good. Um, what are your thoughts on this, uh, Eli? Yeah, I think that, I mean, the, the, the private pre-sale, the whitelisted pre-sale went just amazing. Like, exactly two hours and 45 minutes and bam no no more tokens we were we were <laughs> thinking actually like um how do we boost it because um it, there is just a finite amount of people who can participate in it who can buy the tokens like how do we promote it how do we boost it uh and 
we were ready to work like six days just reaching out to whitelisted people yeah just like telephone that lasts like a week and bam two hours 45 minutes and before we even try like to uh sort of once the gate have opened and you just do constant uh outreaching and awareness before we even started it was it was it was over uh so it 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 definitely caught us all by surprise um so no wonder that even right now it's you know it's it's important that everyone takes sort of a step back and think you know this is quite normal this speed at which it's going normal in the sense that it's still going you know quite fast and steadily but one thing that i want to point out is um and this is something that you know as um and a lot of effort went into this um which is the wallet distribution oh yeah uh, so the oh, wallet yeah. distribution is definitely something that if you're you know new to crypto specifically you know in in you know the defi space um not even in defi where, space you know, you, like just I mean, crypto any, just crypto in general <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. I think one of the most important thing that you need to do when you um, when you sort of look into uh, a project that is of interest to you, you have to almost look at this first. So the wallet distribution and the mechanism that um, the uh, the promoters of the project put in place to make sure that it's it's evenly distributed. Um, and right now, I mean, Eli, the wallet distribution that we have is just, it's, 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 it's very, it's very good. It's even more than very good. It's almost excellent. I would say right now we have a wallet distribution that, um, that is typical for projects that are like one year or two years old. So when the wallet distribution equals up a little bit so you don't you don't have those massive wallets of like five or ten percent like private wallets yeah. uh, that can affect the price like tremendously as as we all know <clears throat> yeah and you're you know we've told this uh, you know to our um you know our audience before and unfortunately you weren't able to be present to talk about tokenomics but all of this comes down to tokenomics i mean at the end of the day this is not like, um, how can I say, this is not like um, something that happens luckily, you know, this is not chance uh, that it, it sort of became so organic and healthy, you know, you have to plan this in advance. Yeah, yeah, obviously, we have we have planned the, this, this whole thing in advance. Um, but I guess the results uh, turn out to be better than we have anticipated. So during the first round of pre-sale, the private one, we've had, I think, like five wallets um, that were close or, or bought the maximum amount of tokens yeah. available. So the hard and cap, yeah. we, we have to remember that this is is just half a percent. The yeah. 0.5. I mean, some, yeah, exactly. I mean, some people were quite scared that, you know, oh, what if someone, you know, many people buy um or whales i mean we we can't even qualify that even if someone purchases a significant amount of embers 
even if he tries to work his way around in the public cell right now, because you can actually set up multiple wallets. I mean, this is not something we have mechanism against. Uh, but, you know, even if he would bought or she would buy uh, multiple uh, hard caps through different wallets, um, it, it would it would still not be considered a well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we're... We're, you know, we're extremely happy with our tokenomics, and I think that everyone can agree. And we've been seeing a lot of comments uh, on the socials in regards to exactly this. And people are noticing that this distribution is, you know, it's it's beautiful. Um, and this this comes down to all the work that we've put. Um, in uh in 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 the tokenomics yeah and you know props to you eli because that's pretty much uh what you've been focusing on and and all of these let's remember that and we've mentioned this before let's remember that when you go from ideation to launch a lot of the steps that you do these are one-offs like you're not going to work on your tokenomics 25 times you know uh you work on them you refine them, and once you, you know, you you mint your contract and you put your, you know, your your tokenomics out there to the public. Um, that's why we waited for so long because we, you know, you were you were double testing, you were double verifying yeah, all we're. those scenarios. Yeah, we were all yeah for sure. D but... Don't don't put <laughs> don't put the whole pressure on me solely, man. <laughs> no, I'm not putting the pressure on you, but you know we're all spearheading you know our our project in and our sort of things. Uh, but I remember you going back multiple times and you know uh, looking at different scenarios and and you know at any moment that you felt unsure, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna you know double check double double check with our token economist. And that came, yeah. that came very helpful. Yeah. 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 That he was of a great help. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> oh, speaking about the, about the tokenomics and the wallet distribution, I think that we should touch the base a little bit about how the wallet distribution really works in crypto in general, even with like bigger, very like good massive, idea. yeah, massive projects that raise millions, like tens, tens of millions uh, of dollars worth yep. of crypto so um basically we have right now uh five wallets that almost like ma maxed out like 0.5 percent five only five of them <clears throat> and the rules for the vesting are similar exactly the same for every single one of them the the interesting part is though <clears throat> that when even bigger projects launch they have a pre-sale uh, and so VC funds reach out to them and basically tell them, take our money, let us buy project. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean you have and, to and... get a lot of money for development. Blockchain costs X5, X10 from your regular IT. So blockchain experts, they cost not like 200 euros or dollars an hour. Hell no. They cost Hell no. seven. Just check the Haskell, for example. Haskell solidity is a little bit low, lower right now. Yeah, but Haskell seven hundred one hour seven hundred. This is and so, so you, you have need, to, you need to and and you there need are, to make sure that there are not so many of them. Gonna, 
This is not Python. Yeah, just... This is not C sharp. <laughs> this is Haskell. Like nobody codes in Haskell, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say that you know, it it because these guys they're uh, unless they're your CTO or something like that, they're not gonna know what to do. Like you need to have like this is not enough to have great solidity or Haskell developers. Yeah. You need to have amazing project manager or head of technologies that know exactly how to scope a project and to be able to deliver that. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, this, this, this is part of the puzzle, uh, but it's not the full picture. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah. We got distracted a little bit that we were talking about tokenomics, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Going back to the tokenomics. So these VC funds, they basically tell you, take our money, give us tokens. And you're like, yeah, okay, well, I'll give you, I'll, I'll take your money, I'll give you tokens, no problem. Uh, what, what is going to be the cliff? What's going to be the vesting schedule? So we propose this, 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 and this. And there is, for example, $1 million just sitting in front of you in exchange for tokens. And then VC funds, start telling you, we want 5% of the total supply. And we want vesting yeah. to be only five months, but you desperately need the, this $1 million for development because otherwise the project might not even take off at all. And these projects, they have to say, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. So yeah. these private pre-sales, usually, usually, every big investor has a unique set of rules so everything is personalized. We here, on the other hand, have the same rules for everyone. Absolutely. And I, I like that you're actually addressing this topic, Eli, um, because, um, you know, one of the shows that I listen to myself that I'm a big fan of is uh, the one with Kevin Rose and it's called Modern Finance. And he's actually a VC at Google Ventures. And... He's always mentioning, you know, uh, obviously it's not every VC firm that, uh, you know, takes the same type of bite and the same with the same terms, but he's trying to promote the idea that um, VCs should want to have their tokens vest just as long, if not super, even longer. I mean, he's even promoting uh, and none of the deals that they went in um will be vesting less than four years so that's just to give you an example that the DeFi world is moving more and more and more uh towards your traditional sort of uh vesting approach that you have in the startup world um but i think that a point that you want to make eli and this is where i agree with you is we're sort of, um, you know, the DeFi, if you, and in our case, we could have went the same way as many other projects, uh, which did some form of initial coin offering with accredited investors um, and decided to allocate X amount of tokens at an extremely reduced um, price, yeah. almost you know, your general average would be 50% off of your private pre-sale. Yeah, 50 uh, so, or even, even, sometimes even more. Exactly. And then at that point, if you, so the one part is, which goes a little bit against sort of 
the values of DeFi is we want to empower people and eliminate or not necessarily eliminate, but think of a more, you know, um, decentralized uh, way of, of funding um, projects and ideas. But then if you go and do uh, sort of an ICO and you go on some websites of very prominent projects, you understand, you know, sometimes you just have to, but you see that a pretty big chunk of their distribution is allocated to these big VCs that basically own a huge amount. And um, not to say that would threaten, but if their vesting period is not long, then if they decide to, if they think that the project, you know, it's no longer good, um, then if they, they can think, just opt out. If, yeah, or if they think, so I guess there are a couple of types of VCs. So you have these modern VCs that actually care about the projects they invest in, but there are other VCs. Mm -hmm. I, I forgot the name of the guy, <laughs> but probably uh, a Shkreli guy. I guess I guess you heard about about him. So which one? Uh, Martin Shkreli, I guess the one that mm. was investing in no no know. serves serves yeah. at him in jail. But yeah, so oh, these VCs yeah. they invest they are like shark sharks like piranhas. So they bite, and when they fail, like it's the best way to take profits. They just take it all, and the project dies, and they don't care. So obviously, yeah. this this is not something that I mean this is not something that we would like to see in crypto. So we would like crypto to be, as you said before, more empowering, more transparent, more open to everyone. And yeah. that's why that's and why wallet distribution is very crucial, very important. Yeah. And I think we've, you know, we've, we've been quite successful so far with, you know, us still remaining in control because at the end of the day, it's, it's about, being able to control your, not necessarily your destiny, but you don't want to be under someone's feet oh, yeah. and, and, you know, have to align based on their desires and wishes, you know? So yeah, because these, I think these, these VCs really enjoy leveraging because if they tell you, Hey guys, we can ruin the price by 80% by just clicking one button or you can succumb to our, to what we want to do. Basically you, you're working yeah. for us. Yeah. We don't want that. We want to no. be, yeah. We want to be decentralized. We don't want anyone to govern us. Um, yeah. So uh, very, very good topic. Um, and that leads me to, um, so a lot of people, and I know we've mentioned this uh, during our live stream of, of Tuesday that Rob and I did, a lot of people were wondering, and we're going to do it again today, but don't worry, you know, the tokens that you've purchased, I know this is not, you know, I mean, it, it is common, but not so common to have vesting. So the way it works is that when you purchase those tokens, they don't immediately appear in your wallet. Um, so the way you go about to see where they are and look at the balance is you just need to go back on uh, joinembr.com, 
head to the pre-sell uh, page where there's the um, there's the swap interface and connect your wallet. Yeah. And at that point, you will see just above sort of the uh, BNB area, there's going to be two lines or just one line. But essentially, it's going to tell you how much you've purchased yeah. um, in which stage of the pre-sale. So they are there. This actually interacts um, <laughs> with, it goes and fetches the vault contract, align with uh, your wallet address and show. So it's a display. So it's yeah. a balance checker. So of, it's, all, yeah, um, it's all written in the smart contract. It cannot be erased by anyone. It stays there forever. It's a smart contract. It's on blockchain. Everyone can check it. So yeah, just if if you if you forgot about like how 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 many tokens did I purchase? Yeah, or just, just want to double check, you know? Yeah, because this is new. This is new for even even us. Not to say that we're not familiar with vesting, but doing it like this. I mean, Eli, have you seen? any other platform do this not so much not so much so I mean, I, i've seen some chains do that like avalanche for example then yeah they, the process yeah. but i mean you have to go somewhere else or like you, you don't get to go on their website and connect your wallet and, and see your your vested balance well yeah yeah pretty much so so what I mean by it's it's new for us as well. I mean, we're designing it and we're thinking about it, but it's really, yeah, it's satisfying to see that what we've imagined and envisioned, it's, you know, it's something that we can create. And ultimately, it's going to get much better because right now it's, it's sort of a really, really basic balance checker. It's, it's, and like, it, a pro it's like, like a proof of technology. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we work much harder in the background than we work in the front end. And sometimes the front end, you know, it's it's good enough uh, and it's sort of temporary. Uh, but the technology behind it, you know, have absolutely no doubt about it. Um, yes. So that, that's just that's, wanted guess, to remind. That's yeah, I guess I like our approach. Yeah, totally, totally. So next steps that are coming up eli is everybody's asking uh so well you know there's going to be other people that are going to be purchasing still because there's a few more days and um we're going to still uh be doing some um some awareness out there about this current pre-sale uh we've been seeing a lot of banner ads everywhere we've been uh continuing to see coverage on different uh, mainstream uh, media websites, uh, some uh, articles. Um, so th there's been a lot of coverage. And I think that part, which had, you know, let's, let's sort of take a step back and th that effort, and I know we've covered it a little, um, but that effort was really just to cement Ember in the general sort of space to say, you know what, we mean business. And this is the type of uh, project, it's it's serious, and serious enough that, you know, it, it found its way in, in, in on some of the leading, um, you know, websites uh, of finance news or uh, Bitcoin news, crypto news, blockchain news. So, 
this is all in our favor in the sense that any new person that will come and see what we're about will get reassured that this is serious uh and um you know it's some yeah, it's, some yeah it's it's not your like average project like experienced dev <laughs> We have a yeah. podcast where we actually talk with people, where, where we actually talk between each other. <laughs> We're actually real people and not some just like experienced dev, what that even means. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, hopefully he is experienced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, experienced and but... <laughs> So, so yeah, everybody's asking what's going to be the next step. You know, how, how do we get to secondary market? So, um, basically we have to, uh, secure, uh, the funds. So the total supply, as you all know, is split, uh, in, in sectors, like in certain portions. So, uh, we have to secure through vault contract, obviously, um, it, it works. Uh, we, we all know that we can see that it works, uh, and it, it's, it's working quite well. So we have to secure the funds, um, the staking reward pool, um, and all of the other, and we have to form a liquidity pool because we are DeFi project. So we will be launching on a decentralized exchange and on BSC, the biggest one is obviously PancakeSwap, as you all know, uh, a decentralized exchange that sometimes eats 35% of all the traffic of Binance Smart Chain. This is just mental crazy at the peak um, times uh, it was eating twenty thousand dollars equivalent in bnb in five minutes <laughs> yeah so the trading volume there is absolute absolutely absolutely mental yeah absolutely. so yeah we have to form a liquidity pool and deploy it to the pancake swap so users can trade token through the PancakeSwap interface using their rotors um, to exchange Ember or BNB or any other currency that is present on Binance Smart Chain through the interface of PancakeSwap. And uh, I don't know what, what, I mean, there is not really too much to talk about in terms well, of I deploying mean... the liquidity pools um, and stuff like that. But we can talk well, a little bit, I guess, about how the liquidity pool, pool is formed and how the token, so to say, launch price yeah, is determined. Well, let me take it a step back because, you know, every time I speak to people in my surrounding, because it's not everyone that is familiar, obviously, with the crypto world and how it works, and even, you know, my girlfriend, sometimes she's asking because obviously she purchased uh, some, some Ember tokens initially. And she's like, well, what's, you know, what's the decentralized exchange and, you know, you know, how, and, and, and she made this reference, which is, I found very interesting is she's like, well, if I want to sell my token, does that mean that somebody's going to buy it? Oh, that's a good one. This is the, the right? like, yeah, this is like the pinpoint the pinnacle of what DeFi is right now exactly so, yeah DeFi is based as hopefully well know on like automated market makers um the centralized exchanges so in centralized exchanges you buy and sell and actually if there is no trading volume for example 
on even on I mean on Binance this is not the case because the trading volume there is absolutely mental. But on a smaller exchange, if you place a sell or a buy order, it might be stuck yeah. like for days. You no have one to is wait. Going to, you have to wait, yeah. And someone will obviously front run your your transactions. So on centralized exchanges you trade through order books just like just like like in your regular life. Yeah, you have to submit that you want to sell something, you know, in those sense. Somebody, somebody, yeah. And somebody has to actually you know, buy it. Hot bid or all those sorts of advance, obviously. I mean, not everyone can, well, I mean, you, there's a learning curve, but I wouldn't imagine, you know, uh, most of my friend, uh, let alone my girlfriend, go on BitMart or whatever and throw in there uh, a sell order <laughs> how does that work yeah so so yeah. so how does it work in DeFi? well in DeFi, it works through through a liquidity pool so exactly um, you take you take one token and you take another token i mean the token that you're going to be trading against so to say uh in our case that would be bnb and which Ember. is the the main token of Binance. Yes, yes, like the native token. Yeah. <clears throat> so you put these two pools of tokens against each other and the price of most of the time's new token, like Ember, is determined by the price of, um, of another token. In our case, it's uh, BNB. So you have to pull the equal amounts of tokens in terms of price. For example, if we take one BNB and one Ember and we deploy it to the liquidity pool, that would mean for the decentralized exchange that one Ember is worth one BNB. <laughs> Which is yeah. worth like 500 and something as of today. Yes, yes. And but it's some, not going to be the case, obviously. Yeah, this is not going to be the case <laughs> because, yeah, this liquidity pool is going to be drained very could. fast. <laughs> but we could, you know, yeah, th this is something could. that everybody needs to uh, know is yeah. the uh, selling price is, you know, we could decide to sell one ember twice the price of a BNB. Yeah. We could. Yeah. But then again, would, yeah, would that want, work, you know? We want stability. We want longevity. We want... Uh, we want people to trade it and we want everything to be as stable as possible. That's why we're going to be putting a considerable amount of BNBs and Ember tokens in our liquidity pool when we launch on the secondary market. So and what's the average? Just what's the average of your, you know, your average liquidity percentage out of your whole like circulation of your typical Binance Smart Chain project? Oh, that's 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 a good one. It all depends because recently we all know that like a lot of uh, reflection tokens uh, just 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 rushed to the market, and basically every single token, like ninety nine percent, the smallest liquidity pool, just yeah, because the, yeah, they the want to go to the yeah yeah yeah. I mean, their liquidity pools us, are are quite big, but they're big in their token not in BNB. <laughs> so that's why we see um, like the market caps of a lot of these coins, like $100,000. And that doesn't even mean that, yeah, that there are a lot of, uh, a lot of BNB sitting there because liquidity pool is, is, 
it consists out of two components. So if a liquidity pool is $100,000, it means that there are $50,000 in BNB and $50,000 of your token. Yeah. So yeah, our liquidity pool, uh, we are doing everything for it to be very stable, very resilient to different market changes, but yeah. So I think, uh, Jason, we can talk well, a me, little. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go let, ahead. Let, let me, let me ask another question, which is a follow-up question, um, which is, and this is something that obviously we know the answer to, but I just want to put this out there that once when you create a liquidity pool in, in let's say DeFi on a decentralized exchange and you pair it with in our case binance uh the bnb let's remember that even if there's no trading the price can change oh yeah why does it change uh it changes uh because the price of for in our case bnb uh changes and these fluctuations of price it's it's completely normal in DeFi. so 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 this means that if someone's actually looking at a chart of a token that is paired with bnb and there is no activity and suddenly in the next two weeks bnb starts to pump like it's doing really well so their token might actually start popping as well for not because there's lots of buys it's just because it's paired to another token that's actually doing well yeah yeah exactly and uh it can be any other token if someone would uh, let, let's just imagine um pair their tokens with i don't know uh like doge before 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 it pumped <laughs> before it pumped like 100x imagine what would be what that token price would be it would be absolutely mental absolutely crazy it would pump even more than than the original token <laughs> yeah so so that's a really interesting concept these two things and thanks for clearing that up Eli because you know at ember we're all about being obviously transparent uh and not sorry for the word, but bullshitting people about why, because we're about to enter secondary market and it's, it's going to move. And oh, yeah. we want to make sure that people understand why it's moving and how it's behaving and how does it work uh, compared to other tokens where sometimes you go in there uh, and you observe and they're like, well, today was a really good day. We did like whatever X amount. And you look at you know the, the the transactions and there's been absolutely nothing so yeah. be careful you know and obviously this is not our culture and this is not how we we want to promote things we want to you know we don't want to take advantage of of people's ignorance we want to yeah. empower them with knowledge which is totally different than what you currently see in the space because what you get is this influx of very, very, um, you know, new people that enter the space that barely know anything about nothing, but their driving factor is uh, profit and gains. So sometimes the profit and gains, the envy is so strong 
that people are willing to basically uh, not necessarily ask the right questions, but also on the other side of this situation, people will take advantage of this. And they're basically going to mislead you in thinking that it's it's actually really doing well when actually there's nothing happening. Yeah. And it's vice versa is the same thing. Um, so we've been talking about the positive side of being paired, but you also have the negative side of being paired, meaning that if there is a shit day today in the market with your paired um, sort of currency, yeah. well, you're basically going to have somewhat of a shit day as well. Right? Um, yeah. You can have a, a bad day. <laughs> Unless it, it depends. Uh, it depends of how depends. you think. Yeah. It depends yes. of how you think. Of course, of course. Yes, but I'm because just trying is... to be like yeah. just but, yeah. very just what you see right now, not the big picture, you know, not the Yeah. You have to in crypto and... you have to always zoom out. You have to always zoom out. Um, we, we say what would we say? We say when in doubt, zoom out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when in doubt you like <laughs> but what I mean is sometimes you look at the chart and you look like a twenty four hour and it yeah. it drops. But and then again, if you zoom out seven days or thirty days or, or six months, you're like, yeah, well it, just it hasn't look, really look dropped. Look at the BNB look at the BNB today. If you see if if you take a look at like last three days, you'll oh man, I have lost so much money. No. Because you've made so much. You you you've made so much on the course. If you're not a day trader, yeah, obviously, if you're a day trader, you might you might just sit for a couple of weeks until it gets back to the previous level and then um, call it a day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I mean, this is this is this is really good. Yeah. I like yeah. This. You and 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 with with DeFi, you have there is what, what I like to call like fiat thinking and crypto thinking. So in DeFi, everything is determined by the liquidity pool and the automated market maker, right? So when you see that there is like not too many trades going on, um, you see the you, we, the uh, dollar price or fiat price of your tokens drop, you might panic. But take a look at what's, what is the token worth in crypto. In BNB, because you know, a lot of people, a lot of investors, they don't care about fiat money at all right now. They convert everything into Bitcoin. Yeah, or they Ethereum, think crypto or first. BNB. They, they think people, crypto first. Yes. Exactly. A lot of people are like, <laughs> well, I'm going to pile up this, this currency, this cryptocurrency, whether it's ETH. They're like, well, I don't like, I don't care about what it means in my local fiat yeah what matters to me is to gather more of this uh of, of this currency of this no, cryptocurrency yeah, of this currency that, that you believe in or like a more conservative approach to it bitcoin this is why in your for example binance account when you check your spot wallet it says first things it's first worth? it's worth in bitcoin and after very small text United States dollars or whatever price, whatever currency you, you put there, it shows you the Bitcoin. So like on a lucky day, on a good day, you see that your, I don't know, like altcoin portfolio costs like half of Bitcoin. And you're like, yeah, but in, in fiat money, 
it costs way what less. What does it mean? <laughs> yeah, it, in, in fiat money, it's it's not that cool. But half a year after, you see how much, how much your portfolio is worth, and it's like zero point one Bitcoin, and you're like, damn, yeah. where did I? What did I wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, fiat, and let's remember fiat versus, as well. versus crypto thinking. Yeah, yeah, and, and let's remember as well that, and uh, you know, most people know this, but you know, your average fiat is a deflationary currency compared to your crypto assets, which yeah. are, in, you know, they, how can I say, you know, it's, there'll be inflationary, you know, if so, so think of it in, in, in a strategic perspective where not in a short term, but in the long term it's way more strategic to hold something that is not deflationary because your average uh, American or even other countries, um, they're printing more. They're oh, yeah. always printing more. So this means that they're really? diluting the market with yeah. more currency. Yeah. Not the case, for example, for Japan, I guess they have like, they have de deflationary monetary system for some reason. I, I don't know why. But their money was well, luckily, more. <laughs> and luckily, we're not, you know, we're not doing a fiat show today. Oh, uh, yeah, on... yeah. We're doing a crypto <laughs> show. We told you. Think exactly. crypto, not fiat. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, great, great subject. I think um, this, this was important uh, for me to make sure that our audience know how we're thinking and not to be misled um about how the market works and ultimately i think it's also a reality check in the sense that the more people that are going to be coming in the more that and what i mean coming in is in, in this ecosystem is that they don't know how it works most of them will not know yeah like the the actual how does it interact why you know why do we have to put a liquidity pool why are we paired with with BNB and like, not BUSD, it's, it's, for example, because BUSD cannot cannot dump. Why don't you use stablecoin liquidity pools? Because strategically thinking, crypto is always going up, right? Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, if you look like at, at a one year, it's oh it's, yeah, you know, it, it's always it's up, going up. It's always up. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, what else did we have today? Uh, I think we have pretty much covered uh, the topics that we want. I mean, obviously today was a uh, very much a liquidity pool uh, topic, and oh, I'm, I'm happy yeah. that we've yeah that we've covered that. Um, I know that we have a few questions from. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. Um, so we have a question about. Um, rough timeline or details on staking. So staking mm. uh, development goes um, into Who asked the phase this question, of, Eli, sorry. Um, um, I'm taking this question from, from, uh, from Dean, from our Slack, but this is oh, not okay. his question. Um, oh, okay. Our team just- I just kindly, wanted to see they, if yeah. we, we could do a shout out, but- um, Yeah, they, they, that's yeah. Okay. our team, they, they just kindly help us with, with questions. But I guess they, they are picking the questions that they're interested the in themselves. 
<laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the it's taken development um, is ready to go into the testing phase. Uh, obviously, you have to test everything because it will be, I guess it's it's a good topic for, for, for a dedicated TAA, TAE, uh, yeah, to a de yeah, dedicated show. But we will have six smart contracts um, and you have to spend quite a bit of time on actually development, developing everything and uh, testing everything. But as you'll know, when it goes into testing, it means that it's it's like pretty much ready. You have to test it, and it, yeah, yeah, and it's, if if we if we if we've learned one thing about auditing and and also testing is that when your technology is ready, put an extra month in front of it at least uh, to do the back and forth. Uh, we we've learned it let's say hypothetically the hard way which i mean it's just business as usual but um yeah as soon as we're ready and we're testing uh we're gonna reinitiate this process of you know getting all those contracts uh audited uh, and tested and from there we'll be able to um yeah create the whole like front end web3 interface to interact with it i mean it's gonna be very simple you know it's not yeah. Complicated. Yeah. This thing is. To this is. Yeah, yeah. This is our approach. We we want everything to be as simple as possible for the for the end user. So you literally have this, 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 and this, and everything. Everything is out there. Yeah. So I mean, I think that we've answered indirectly most of these questions that I'm reading right now, um, but. It was, sorry, Jason. It was Jason Foster. Shout out to Jason Foster for asking a question about the rough timeline for staking. Amazing. So it's my cousin, Jason Foster. Uh, yeah. Another Jason. They're always, uh, they're the best. Um, oh. I have, <laughs> I have actually, I've been seeing this question. It's not someone specifically, but I just want to reassure everyone that, you know, in, the public pre-sale right now, we're like, we're not going to stop it short. It's going to run the full time that it says on the pre-sale page. So um, I know that some of you have been thinking, well, can I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy that it's not ending tomorrow. Obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that purchase whatever's left and it'll end early, but and, and a lot of people are probably, you know, in some places in the world, people get paid every two weeks and uh, on Thursdays. So um, today or tomorrow will be a big day for them. And they want to, you know, maybe double dip or do a, a first time buy. Uh, but don't worry. I just wanted to uh, reassure everyone that it's going to go until the, you know, the 22nd. So it's going to be a full six days. And afterwards, um, so we're in the process right now um, of, of looking uh, into setting up this uh, liquidity pool. Uh, and um, we're going to keep everyone uh, informed uh, on our different socials. Uh, you can also uh, head to um, our website. Yep. Yes. Eli. And also, also to add, um, so there are still a lot of people in the world that do not know that Ember exists and they don't know what Ember is trying to fix and what we will fix, how, how we will change the BSC space and after that, other spaces as well. 
So if you're a member of our Telegram, there is actually a giveaway going on right now. So join the Ember Awareness Center, take part in the giveaway, and um, yeah, it, it's it's this all is, in the Telegram. Yeah, this is a very good point. And to this, um, this is also a, a first, I think, and this is something we wanted to do again. Shout out to our team on Telegram, which have so much initiative. And they decided to regroup, you know, all the things that we're doing to reach new audience, you know, all our initiatives are in there. Uh, so it's called, like you said, Eli, it's called the um, Awareness Center. Uh, and, and don't forget um, about our Knowledge Center as well. If you're new as well. or if you know someone that is new, Knowledge Center, Awareness Center, Telegram, go there. There you go. Well, so this pretty much wraps this up uh, for this week, uh, Eli. Thanks for uh, joining us. It was um, a pleasure. And basically, we're here every week, 2 p.m. today at Ember. Uh, it's an uh, informative series every Thursday. You can join us. Um, and next week, Eli is still going to be there because in, uh, in the States, um there is thanksgiving and uh we're gonna give again rob some uh some personal time he's earned it uh so he's gonna spend time with his family i personally will be in the british virgin Islands, so i'll be coming to you live with eli uh which is gonna be in his hometown unfortunately it's probably gonna snow and i'm probably gonna be in shorts <laughs> but um yeah that's that's just how it is. So I'm I'm really excited to um, to head over there and meet some uh, some of our partners and uh, to finalize some setup. But um, I'll try to find a, a good way to uh, have a nice backdrop. Uh, so so that's it for this week. Thanks for uh, tuning in. And thanks um, you. Thank you. Yeah. Look, talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Bye bye.